Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Hello, welcome to episode one of the Ron Spomer Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Ron Spomer, inviting you to join me for a nostalgic and sometimes revealing look back through the trials and tribulations of a freelance outdoor writer. And I'm going to be reading some articles that I wrote a long time ago. Um, nothing special, just thought we might see if these are fairly entertaining for you. And I found one from the Gray's Sporting Journal, Volume 1, Issue Number 6. And this was from the fall of 1976. So that's going back a ways. In fact, it goes back to my start as an outdoor writer. Many people wonder how one gets into this line of work. And I think for most of us, it's simply an outpouring of our passion. And this certainly was the case with this article. I wrote this as a fiction piece because I felt very strongly about the outdoors and hunting back in those days when I was a young man in my early 20s. And I got the idea for this story while I was in a marching band in high school. I loved uh, the band and the marching wasn't too bad of an opportunity to get out of classwork either. But when it came to time for fall and you had to go to the different universities parades during homecoming and March, they inevitably ended up on the opening day of either the waterfall season or the pheasant season. And that I didn't like at all. So I am involved in a, a marching band parade in Brookings, South Dakota or Sioux Falls or some city and feeling pretty miserable about the fact that I'm missing opening day of the waterfall season. And I came up with the idea for this story because I saw an old man standing on the side of the street as we marched by getting to the parade. And that gave me the idea for a story of someone of my passion for the outdoors being trapped somewhere and not being able to go duck hunting. So I came up with a story I titled The Ride, and I sent this off to Gray's Sporting Journal as one of the first five articles I ever tried to sell. And by golly, they bought it and published it. So that's what's in the 1976 fall issue called Waterfowl of Gray's Sporting Journal. The Ride by Ron Spomer. A strong gust chased a fluttering of sheet music through the marching band, whose members were too busy fighting their way into the October wind to even notice. Except the girl who lost it. 
She hurried after, bent double. The papers jumped a crumbling sidewalk, rolled across some yellowing grass, and lodged against the worn boot of the old man. The girl's embarrassed apology went unnoticed as she gathered up the Susan marches and ran back into the melee of blaring brass and beating drums. The old man stood looking straight ahead, but didn't see the flapping crepe paper parade of college football fanatics. The north wind lashing his white hair was carrying his thoughts to the cattail marsh. He followed behind the bulging gunny sack slung over his grandfather's shoulders. The cattails towered over him on both sides and he was thankful that his grandfather was breaking them down in front, making an easy trail. When they stopped for a minute's rest, he heard the loud quacking of a mallard and his grip tightened on the stock of the too long 12 gauge riding uncomfortably on his shoulder. Yet he had little doubt that ducks would fall when he lifted those two barrels skyward. His dreams of unerring marksmanship had an opportunity to be tested, but surely this, his first hunt, would prove his prowess with the shotgun. Ten is just old enough for a boy's first duck hunt, his grandfather had reassured his cautious mother. That's when I took his paw on his first hunt. If the boy's half the shot his father was, he'll do just fine. They had broken out of the cattails now, and he held open the gunny sack while his grandfather set out the imitation mallards. All seven had been painstakingly carved during long winter nights before the pot-bellied stove. When finished, his grandfather pointed him to the black bulk of a muskrat house on the edge of the cattails. They crawled aboard and awaited the dawn. He fingered the eight shells in his coat pocket and wondered whether he could slip two into his gun but he knew better than to ask. He shivered and ducked further into his coat as his grandfather instructed him on shooting technique. Get your cheek down tight on the stock and put your barrel on the same plane as the duck. Start swinging and keep swinging right past your bird, then pull the trigger as you go by. Wait till the beach past his bill though, then shoot, but keep on swinging. And remember, the first, yeah, yeah, he had heard it many times before, and he had it memorized, but he listened dutifully. Soon the sky was light, and he was told to load his gun. His grandfather brought the duck call up and began working it. A green head the boy hadn't even seen was swinging in. The bird was within range. Its wings were set. As the boy lofted the heavy barrels, the drake flared, beating the air in its retreat. But he couldn't shoot. Someone was standing in front of him. Someone in white was blocking his shot, yelling at him. Come inside now. The parade is over. You better come inside, Mr. Greenwell. It was the nurse. The old man blinked and looked at her. She smiled and took his arm. The parade had gone, the ribbons of blue and red marking its passing. You might catch cold out in this wind. Let's go in. No, 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 thank you. He watched a station wagon cruise by, and he peered down the street. I'm waiting for my nephew. Duck hunting, he promised. He pointed to the shrub bordering the sidewalk, and there lay his cased shotgun and a patched pair of waders, a box of shells wrapped inside but mr greenwell are you sure i wasn't told anything no one at the desk said anything I i'd better go check mr greenwell the nurse turned up the walk toward the reception room but the old man didn't hear he was remembering last sunday night in his room his nephew 
Hello, Uncle Jack, the man said. What? Who's there? Who's there? The old man was groggy with sleep. Bill, remember you used to take me duck hunting when I was a kid. Bill, oh, yeah, John's boy, sure. How are you, Uncle Jake? I used to take you duck hunting, I remember. Yeah, how's the food in here? Sure, I remember your first hunt. <laughs> Couldn't eat a thing. You remember those duck hunts? Oh, sure, sure, good hunts, they were good. Ah, they sure were. You know, I still go, still have two of those old wooden decoys. Yes, sir, season opens this Saturday. Me and the boys will be out there, same as always. Something special about duck hunting. Season opens this Saturday? Yeah, me and the boys will be out there. Me and the boys. Me and the boys. And the old man mumbled and drifted to sleep. Mr. Greenwell, Mr. Greenwell. The nurse was back. There's no schedule of your leaving today. Perhaps you have the wrong date? Should we go inside and check? No, no, I can't miss my ride. It's opening day. It's Saturday. Bill's coming. <sighs> the nurse sighed and went back. At the door, she turned and called above the wind. You better come inside and wait. But the old man didn't hear. He was 13, lying belly up in the wet reeds, watching a patch of gray sky. He listened hard and he heard it. He heard it again. That eerie barking torn and scattered by the wind. Geese. Geese were coming. Geese were coming to his little lake. He forced his runaway mind to stop and listen. Save for the blood pounding through his ears, there was only the lonely wind rattling the dead cattails in a vain attempt to wake them. The sound was long and empty, speaking of weary miles, miles, miles of frozen tundra, crying for the sounds of life that it could carry dancing across the prairie grass. And then there they were, sliding earthward through this patch of gray, barking greetings to the waiting lake. He thrilled at their long black necks, their great cupped wings gathering the air for a gentle descent, their glaring white cheek patches. Then they were gone behind the reed screen, and he heard the splash of heavy bodies on the water. They'd landed right in front of him. He thumbed the hammers on his gun and slowly sat up. The reeds popped and snapped until he thought the hibernating mud turtles would call for quiet, but there came no rush of retreating wings. He couldn't see over the towering reeds, but he could hear the gabbling geese discussing their long flight in. They were close, but he had to risk those crackling reeds again in order to stand up and shoot. Finally, he was rising on wobbly legs. The far edge of the lake came slicing across the top of the cattails. The silver water line widened. He rose higher, higher, the gun ready, hammers cocked, eyes searching for those black necks. Suddenly he stopped. He was staring into the eyes of a Canada goose. For a second, the two stood frozen in shared surprise. Then the great goose honked an alarm, and the air was filled with frantic wings clutching the lonely wind with yelping tongues commanding it to blow them away. The boy threw the gun to his shoulder and he fired, trying to bring down the entire flock at once. The birds winged on, widening their distance from the gun. Frantically, the boy reached for the second trigger. How could he have missed? They were so big. They were so close. He was about to waste his last shot when his eyes caught a white cheek patch. He swung the barrel past it and pulled. The big gray wing spiraled toward the water. He whooped and danced and crashed through the reeds to retrieve his prize. But when he came to the water's edge, 
someone blocked his way. Someone in a Sunday suit and tie, standing there, keeping him from his goose? Mr. Greenwell, what are you doing in this bitter wind? You better come inside before you catch a cold. The parade is long past. It was Reverend Torbs. The old man blinked and looked at him. Oh, hello, Reverend. Uh, yeah, it's just a fine wind for duck hunting, isn't it? I'm waiting for my nephew. Never miss an opening day, you know. Reverend Torbs studied the old man briefly, opened his mouth to speak, but shook his head instead and continued up the walk. At the door, he turned and shouted back, You better wait inside. Then the door swung open and he disappeared into the black maw of the reception room. The old man looked up the street and down, save for a small brown dog running with a strip of red crepe paper clutched in its teeth, the avenue was deserted. But now it was a gravel road, and he was driving down it. At the end of the road stood young Bill, wrapped in a green jacket and a wool scarf. His gun leaned against a nearby tree, and he cradled hand-carved decoy under each arm. Two of the original seven painstakingly carved during those long winter nights before the potbelly stove. Jake smiled as he braked before the young hunter. Bill swung open the door, pushed the decoys into the seat, grabbed his shotgun, and hopped in. Hi, Uncle Jake. Gee, thanks for coming and getting me. Pa has to work again today. He can't take me. Gee, he always works. I'm sure glad you like hunting and take me along. There ain't nothing I like better than hunting ducks. You think we'll get a goose today? You think we'll get a duck? I ain't never... Jake smiled as the boy spilled his enthusiasm. The Ford pushed them down the gravel road. The heater blew warm while the boy plotted the day's hunt. His two decoys would sit on his side of the spread, so any duck he shot would be decoying to his decoys, not Uncle Jake's. Jake wheeled the car off the road, and Bill jumped out to open the pasture gate. Back in the car, they bounced across the pasture and headed for the farthest hill. Below it lay the lake, dancing before the wind, rocking a small flock of bluebills on its surface. The boy's excitement spread to Jake now, and he hurried from the car, stepping into the stiff north wind. But the wind was so cold. It shouldn't be this cold. It caught his neck and it sifted down his back. It stung his face and ears. Why was it so strong? Why was it so cold? The old man pulled up his jacket collar and he put his hands over his ears. He looked to the west and he he found the sun sliding behind a white frame house. The north wind chased a fluttering of leaves across the crumbled sidewalk, and the old man watched them roll away and disappear down the long, empty street. Well, that was Ron Spomer's idea of an old man not getting to go duck hunting. Back in 1976, when I was in my early 20s, well, now I'm getting closer to being that old man. I have grandkids and, you know, if I end up in an old folks home somewhere and I have an idea my grandson is going to take me duck hunting, I sure hope he shows up and gets me. <laughs> so here's uh, wishing you all success this season. I hope you feel as as passionately about the outdoors uh, in your older age as you did when you were younger. And if you're young right now, I urge you to take full advantage of it. Get out there and savor the wild and enjoy it while you can. And when you get up there in years and you get invited on a hunt from your grandkids, you better make darn sure you've got the dates and times right. And they know they're supposed to take you duck hunting.
That's a wrap for now. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more tales and adventures, check out my weekly podcast episodes on your favorite podcatcher or at ronspomeroutdoors.com, where you can also find hundreds of articles, photos, and videos on hunting, conservation, natural history, guns, ammo, ballistics, and optics. You can also find me on YouTube by searching for Ron Spomer Outdoors. Until next time, this is Ron Spomer wishing you safe, satisfying, and joyous adventures afield while you hunt honest and shoot straight. Head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.